Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken, and I want to thank you so much for following the Thrive Bites podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that, and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from a emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine. And that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers. That includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, and spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life and whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and it's fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility, strength, flexibility, and function. And one of my favorites is how do I create more joy, contentment, and happiness in my own life? This summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education. And I do this by providing quizzes with every session and I provide workbooks. And there's also recipes and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five, formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. 
Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us on the Fry Bites podcast. This is season four, and we're so excited for you to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Colin Zhu, double boarded in family and lifestyle medicine, and I interview the best and most passionate health and wellness experts of the industry on this platform. And we talk about plant powered living, emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And this season, we're taking it live, we're taking it on multiple platforms, and we're taking it as a Q&A discussion as well as our interviewing of our guests. So we're super stoked about this. And please remember to like and subscribe down below, and we will see you. Welcome to the next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thrive Bites podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us um, on the show. You could be anywhere else in the world, and I greatly appreciate that you spend just a few moments with us for today's episode. So um, I cannot wait uh, for today's uh, episode, and uh, we have a very, very special guest, um, and we have a uh, topic that um, I believe needs to... Uh, be in the forefront um, in terms of, uh, you know, people's uh, consciousness. And um, it's a very uh, somewhat uh, sensitive topic. Um, I think we have a perfect guest um, to be able to reiterate this. And um, the topic for today is called uh, Thriving After Sexual Abuse. Our special guest today is Denise uh, Bassart, and uh, she is a survivor of sexual abuse. She is a uh, self-published author, and she wrote the book, Thriving After Sexual Abuse, Break Your Bondage to the Past and Live um, a Life You Love. And um, it's her story about abuse and her healing journey. And uh, she wanted to make known to people that she has made the moves from going from survivor to thriver. And this book has been published in, uh, since in April um, in this year, 2021. And uh, a little bit about her, uh, she spent most of her adult life um, on a healing journey to recover um, from this childhood event. And she's used multiple practices in her healing journey. And that includes, but not limited to uh, therapy, yoga, meditation, being in nature and creative expression. And that includes the arts, photography, writing poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. And um, a little bit about her book. Um, it is an eloquent and empathetic self-development book laying out a blueprint for survivors to heal themselves. Um, Denise writes with fierce candor as she shares her own traumatic experience with childhood se sexual abuse. Um, Thriving um, provides tips um, and suggestions for readers to seek help, self-reflect, and pursue healing through a range of activities and practices and offers tangible strategies for readers to reclaim their lives and move forward uh, to a life of thriving. And um, I'm sure uh, the audience uh, has known, those that have been following us, that we're all about thriving here. So I cannot uh, wait um, to introduce. Please welcome Denise. Hello. Hello, Dr. Zhu. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me with you this evening, being live, sharing uh, some healing and thriving tips for everyone. No, the pleasure is all mine. Um, I'm really, really, really thrilled um, uh, for for you to be here. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit off camera and um, we were just saying how, you know, this is a 
subject that's definitely under talked. Um, whether it is taboo, whether it can be cultural, whether it can be, you know, something where it inhibits us from really sharing um, and expressing all the different, uh, you know, uh, feelings and emotions that can stem from, you know, this type of traumatic experience. So, you know, I definitely appreciate you showing up, um, having the strength and courage, sharing your story, um, you know, with us and, you know, continuing on that journey to, um, you know, share with us um, through your work. So, um, so I thank you, you know, for that number one. And uh, yeah, so let's get straight into it. Can you, um, you know, a lot about, you know, uh, uh, how we start with this podcast is the origin story. So mm -hmm. in your words, you know, um, in however much, um, you know, detail you're comfortable sharing is, you know, just sharing your accounts with uh, this event that you've had in your childhood that has led you, um, you know, on this journey? Sure. And I grew up in a family that from the outside looked like it was a pretty normal family. Uh, my dad was an, a doctor and my mom had her own per, uh, business. And so everything looked fine from the outside, but unfortunately that wasn't really true for what was going on behind the scenes. So I was sexually abused by my grandfather, my mother's father. And it would happen when we would go to their log cabin on the lake for the summer we would go and just hang out there for the summer. And that's where the events happened. Now, I, it started when I was very young. I don't know exactly when it started, but based on kind of my height versus the adults that I was interacting with, it, I know that it was uh, early elementary school. And those things that he did to me continued until I was a freshman in high school and they stopped because he died. He got cancer and then he died. So I don't know if it would have stopped um, if he hadn't died. But I'm like a lot of trauma survivors. I do not have a way to easily put the events of the abuse in the timeline of my normal life. They're like disconnected. So I have very specific memories, very intense memories, but I couldn't tell you, you know, what age I was when various things happened. Um, and I was just absolutely terrified of the man. I think in the terminology of today, he'd be considered a, a narcissist. He was very controlling, manipulative, very bright. And he gave this impression that if I ever told anyone, a lot of bad things were going to happen. And so mm -hmm. I was just afraid. I was ashamed of what was happening. I didn't understand it. You know, a child that young, your brain isn't developed enough to be able to process that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think my brain tried to protect me and tried to help me not remember the events between when they were happening every summer. And I learned when the events were happening to dissociate in my body so that I could get through the events. And so that kind of was my state until he died. And here I am a freshman in a high school, he dies. And I think my brain suddenly said, it's safe. <laughs> it's safe to remember all this. And mm -hmm. it was like, I was going insane because I had all these visualizations, all these body memories of being touched. And then the shame really kicked in very strongly. And I didn't tell anybody again, because I was just too ashamed. I was, you have such a high level of shame. You are just so afraid of being rejected. So afraid that if you tell someone, they won't believe you. Particularly back when I um, was in high school, there wasn't a lot of understanding about sexual abuse and people were uh, inclined to try not to face it head on. And I just was afraid of the rejection. Because what my grandfather did to me, it instilled in me that I was worthless. 
unlovable mm-hmm. and that I deserved what was happening to me. So why would I ever go and advocate for myself if I was taught that I was this worthless person? And so that kind of um, put me in a place where I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any resources. And I basically funneled every bit of energy I had into doing well in school, which is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. It was a a somewhat healthy way of dealing with it. I was in band and basketball, and I um, really dug into getting good grades. And that's kind of what carried me through not dealing with the abuse, not dealing with the emotional impacts, the physical impacts, just really squishing it down until I got into college. And then Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I started dating a graduate student who was an alcoholic and he, recovering alcoholic, and he went to Alcoholics Anonymous and he suggested I get some help and to join a group that would be similar to what he had. So there's a 12-step program for survivors, survivors of incest anonymous. And I got into that. I got into some individual therapy I got into group therapy, and that's when I really started working on trying to figure out what can I do different? How can I live my life different? How can I move away from what happened to me and being a victim to moving forward through surviving into thriving? And so I I did the therapy while I was in school, and then eventually I learned that that wasn't enough for me. It helped me heal to a certain extent. But as you mentioned in the introduction, I started exploring other ways to help heal myself because I had a real bad body image. I really hated my body. Um, I was ashamed of it, afraid of it. And so I decided to try to get into doing some yoga to reconnect with my body and open my body up and get rid of all of those body memories and learn to be present in my body, to connect to it, to appreciate it and maybe even to like it for the first time in my life, right? And then that got me introduced into other modalities like meditation. So I learned that not only did I need to work with my body, I needed to work with my mind. Because in in protecting myself from that voice I would hear of my grandfather saying I was worthless, unlovable, and deserved what was happening, I developed this perfectionist side. And Mm -hmm. there was now another voice beating me up because you can never be perfect. So I was always failing to meet that expectation I put on myself. Mm -hmm. So I decided I needed to try to work with that, to try to get rid of those two voices, to get some peace of mind and really start connecting to my authentic voice again, my internal authentic voice. And so that Mm -hmm. was another piece. I started just bringing these in and, and there was no real blueprint. There was no book. That would mm-hmm. walk me through, try this, try this. This is how you get connected. This is how you find these things. These are the questions you should ask when you go to explore doing these different things. There was nothing like that. So I just stumbled along. There wasn't like I had a vision. First, I'm going to do X, then I'm going to do Y. It was like, I need help. <laughs> what can I do? And so I slowly started finding things that really helped me and were making a difference for me. And I, you know, I, started getting into the art, I really connected with nature, and piece by piece, um, practice by practice, I started developing what to me was my healing journey to help me move away from being defined by my past to defining Mm -hmm. my present and future for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, uh, well, number one, thank you, you know, so much for, you know, sharing that. and there's a lot to tease out there. And uh, but what I've gotten uh, from that is, 
you know, it's almost like, especially when something happens, you know, so young um, and you're still figuring it out. You're still trying to be a kid. You're still trying to grow up and you have something like this happens it to me. So I'm not, I practice family medicine, but I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I would imagine how, you know, when you're growing up and you're, you know, you're developing not just physically, but you're also developing emotionally and mentally, right? So when you have something like that happen, um, you know, it's almost like you don't know what is normal and mm-hmm. you don't know what is abnormal, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's almost like you haven't really, it's, it's kind of like putting something in the microwave, right? And it's not done yet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's still going, right? So it's kind of like, you know, in a very simplistic, you know, view, it's like, you know, we haven't really matured, um, you know, um, to that adult age and an adult brain and adult body to be able to make these uh, mature and rational decisions for ourselves, right? Given that, you know, we have developed healthfully, right? So it's almost like, you know, you have that added challenge of, you know, almost um, compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. I would I would probably imagine for some victims to go through, um, you would have to filter some things. You would have to, you know, just. Uh, almost kind of start over in many different parts of your life. Does that sound, you know? Sound- yeah, that, that resonates with me because I really lost my childhood. You know, he stole my childhood away from me. I was not allowed to be a child um, pushed into uh, sexuality and, and practices and acts that were way beyond my age by any stretch oh. of the imagination and very confusing because you're supposed to be learning about your body and learning what's what's good and pleasant and enjoyable in your body. But then it's overlaid with this, this kind of gross, icky, this is not right. That's happening to me. And so it gets really mixed up and confused for people sure. who um, are having natural body reactions, but it's in the context of something that you know is just not right. And mm-hmm. I think that it, for me, it really set the tone for my development in the sense that I learned very young that the world's not a safe place. And the mm. people who are supposed to love and take care of you can hurt you. Mm. And so that really was sort of like a worldview um, where I was just ready for anybody to to hurt me, anybody to reject me. You know, yeah. talk about with trauma survivors, the hypervigilance, like you're waiting for the next thing to come at you. That was certainly my experience um, that I would, I would just was struggling to, to find a way to keep moving forward because I just had so much shame and just really couldn't see a way to get out of it, except to, again, throw myself into school and get what little accolades and praise I could from that environment while mm-hmm. the rest of my life was kind of falling apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we talk about eating and cooking and living from a whole food, plant-based approach. And between my patients, clients, and my audience listeners, I get a lot of questions of, hey doc, how do I get started on how to set up a kitchen? Or what should I buy? What should I make? Is there something beyond a salad, broccoli, and a smoothie? I know in our fast-paced life and during a pandemic, it is much more challenging to be able to teach yourself and learning how to cook. 
And so I partner up with Listenable, who is a leader in audio educational courses that are bite-sized. And I went ahead and created a course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And in this course, I put in my best tips, tools, and tricks on everything that I've learned on how to get someone started to eating more plants, getting healthier for you and your family. I talk about how to set up your kitchen from the pantry to the fridge, the freezer, to how to navigate the supermarket, to what kind of utensils and appliances one needs to have, to what do we need to make, how to meal prep, what kind of cooking techniques there are, and what exactly is Whole Foods plant-based. And I'm able to make this course over 10 lessons. Each of those lessons are less than 10 minutes long. And you'll be able to finish this in an hour. You could even do it while commuting, exercising, or even walking your dog. And in addition, you can choose from over 3,000 plus original audio lessons created by well-loved experts. Just use the coupon code ColinZhu, C-O-L-I-N-Z-H-U, on Listenable.io, and you'll be able to get 30% off a year of Listenable. So definitely check that out in the show notes, and check out the course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And I'll see you there. Thanks for listening, and now back to Thrivebytes. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So uh, I guess uh, for me, an obvious follow-up to this would be, you know, uh, does your, and I don't want to assume, but does your, do do the rest of your family know? um, And how have they, um, I guess, um, processed and or reacted to the event um, over time? Yeah, so I didn't tell my family for a long time because I, as a young child, you just, you assume that you have all this power and responsibility. You're told it was your fault. You told it was brought on by who you were and what you did. And so I translated that into this sense of I could destroy people's lives if I shared this. I could destroy my parents' marriage. I could, you know, bring all this negativity to my family. So there's this weird sense of power of corrupting the rest of my family yeah. if I shared this. But eventually, um, through all the practices that I did, I connected with an older cousin who had been abused and she was supportive to help me keep going and getting help. And I told my sister. And unfortunately, I didn't think to tell my sister, don't tell my parents. (laughs) So she went and she told them. And the next thing you know, you know, the, the next conversation is it's brought up. And I was like, totally unprepared. But I'm like, okay, well, here it is. Um. They, they, everyone that I told in my family believed me. They validated mm. the experience. And obviously, my parents were just stricken by the fact that this was going on and they weren't picking up on it, weren't aware of it. And, you know, I, I had struggled with that for a long time until uh, Dr. Larry Nessar's story came out where he was actually sexually abusing these gymnasts in front of their parents in the same room. So for mm-hmm. me, that kind of helped me understand that my parents maybe were busy with their lives and they just didn't pick up on what was going on. And, you know, I had a choice with each of the members of my family, my grandmother, my cousin, my sister, my parents. Do I tell them one? And two, what do I do? Do I continue those, those relationships, particularly the people that had some responsibility for protecting me and didn't? Or do I let those go? And I made the decision for myself to keep those people in my life, to move forward and say, okay, this is an important relationship for me to maintain. 
I'm going to just move forward beyond what they may or may not have known and build a relationship. And I'm really glad I did because all of those relationships have been so nourishing and supportive for me going forward. Yeah. Yeah. That is very tough because, you know, you're trying to balance, uh, you know, because that, that is a very weird thing to have, right. That, that, you know, unspoken power to either destroy lives or, you know, by what's happened. And it's not something that you probably intentionally wanted. It's just, (laughs) it just transpired. And now you have it. And it's like, what do I do with this next? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you shared and communicated. Um, I'm also, you know, glad that your family responded the way they responded. And um, um, so, yeah, Um, my next question, uh, an obvious next question that I came up with was, you know, do you feel, have you made peace or, you know, have you, you know, made peace of where you're at right now? You know, like, are you, have you reached a point where, um, you can say to yourself, Denise, I'm, I'm okay. I've accepted, you know, um, uh, where I've been, um, like, where are you in that journey? Yeah, I, I am now, obviously it wasn't easy to get to that point. There was a lot of anger and fear and shame all mixed together and really just being so angry at him for what he did and for people not protecting me. But I realized that all that energy I was putting into those feelings was keeping me in the mode of being the victim. It was keeping me mm-hmm. connected to him and what had happened to me. And I had this visualization one day that I was, he was like, I was connected to him like this. He was this ball and chain connected to me. And it was just, when do I, can I get rid of this? How can I move past this? I just seemed like it couldn't happen. And then all of a sudden I just visualized that chain opening and the mm-hmm. ball and chain disappearing. And I thought, you know, I could put all of that energy from what I'm doing to kind of hold off admitting that it happened and dealing with the negativity and all that mess that was part of being a victim, I could take that energy and I could turn it around and put it into my life in a positive way and into my life for healing. And that was a real pivotal moment for me to realize I had that kind of control over my life to make that decision. It was easier for me in some ways, I have to be honest, because he was dead. I didn't have to be with him around him in any way after realizing what had happened. So there, it was easier for me to make that shift in some ways because it was a clean break with a memory rather than a a live person. But that was a shift that I made. And at, at that point I just started really getting focused on my work and my healing and not worrying about what other people were thinking or doing and just moving forward Mm. to the point where I actually, I think he probably was abused himself. You know how that happens. It goes through generations. I think he was abused and I kind of feel sorry for him Mm -hmm. that here were these, he went after these really creative, intelligent, energetic women. You know, you could see the different women in our family that he went after and abused had this sort of personality type. And I just thought, you you are just so sad because you could have had these women loving you in a real healthy relationship, but instead you were so, I don't know, beaten down and scared and surviving that you just try to crush other people. Yeah. And, and that's really what I see it as was he was trying to control. And I'm yeah. at the point where I don't forgive him for what he did. He What he did was not right, but I also don't dwell on it. I just as... You're just a real sad person. And it's unfortunate that I had to go through that and had to go through so much work to heal. But again, my energy is facing forward and keeping 
what I need to do to keep me moving in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, we're, we're kind of uh, left to kind of deal with the cards that were dealt and figure out what do I deal? You know, what, how do I move forward? How, what do I do with this deck? Right. Mm -hmm. And some are more fortunate than others and vice versa. And um, it's really about how do you react to a certain situation? So um, in a, in a, in an interest on a lighter note, you know, it's given you the uh, ability to speak from a certain experience or platform um, or just knowingness uh, and awareness of, you know, that you can help others because obviously, um, and we're going to go into like facts and, you know, statistics later on, but this obviously has happened. This happens globally. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's giving, you know, you have a voice, you're voicing, you're expressing, and it's going to help others. So again, you know, it's very powerful thing. And I, you know, thank you for, you know, doing what you're doing. Um, just to kind of digress to another question, what do you think might have changed or may have changed if this event didn't occur in your life? Yeah, you emailed me that question ahead of time. And that's the first time anyone's asked me that. I've thought about it a little bit in the past, but it, I really spent some time thinking about it. And it's hard to piece apart, you know, the possibilities of what might have happened. I think that my drive to learn and my curiosity and wanting to do well in school, I think that would have continued. I think there would have been a lot less perfectionism and anxiety about succeeding well and proving I was worthy through getting good grades. I could just enjoy learning. Um, mm. I definitely think it would be a very different experience with my body. I had such a uh, dissociative experience and then a negative, hateful experience with my body that continued for a long time. It probably wouldn't have been that. I don't know what it might have been, but it would have just been a normal reaction to your body, you know, mostly neutral, probably. Um, I think that I would have not been afraid of people mm. so much in, in the world. And I might have made more connections with people been able to be more vulnerable and more trusting with mm. people. Um, I had friends, you know, and some of them were pretty deep friends, but not very many. And and the part for me that's hard to tease from the abuse versus just my natural introverted personality, you know, so there's going <laughs> to be some part of that that's not full blown, you know, party animal. But yeah, I really think it was be how I viewed the world would be different. My levels of anxiety and fear would be much different. My relationship with my body would be different. Uh, so I think a lot of things would have shifted. But given that question, I look at everything that's happened and everything that I've done. And I don't know that I would have changed anything because I'm in a place where I, I really I'm thriving and I enjoy what I do. And I don't know those branches, right, that could have happened if that sexual abuse wasn't part of my life. I don't know if I'd be in have ended up in the same place mm -hmm. and being the same person that I really am happy to be. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of double-edged sword <laughs> yeah. you know? and what could yeah. be different or, you know, it could have gone some completely different direction. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's I think that's uh, Yeah. I think it's, uh, it, it's obviously there's no right or wrong to that. It's mm -hmm. a very, um, you know, thought provoking question when I was, thinking about, you know, how to, you know, formulate and interview you um, would be, you know, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, day to day, how we go about our lives, you know, what if we've made different choices in our lives and how would our lives would have uh, shaped or end up, you know, what kind of outcomes would have, you know, like you said, the branches, you know, it could have been a different, I, 
for sure could have been an entirely different life branch, life journey, you know, type of pathway. Um, but I think it's more of a fund for food for thought of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how would, you know, this life would have been different. And then when you think about it, it's kind of reflecting on um, how, how something whether it's like a car accident for you, it's a, you know, sexual abuse event, you know, um, for others, it's, um, you know, cancer, whatever have you, you know, how much of an impact that has made, right? Mm-hmm. There's some events that will make very minuscule and there's some, you know, life altering, right? Yeah. The ripples so, just keep going with some, some events. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so guys, um, uh, if you guys are just tuning in, this is uh, thriving after sexual abuse here on five bites podcast, we're going to go on a uh, quick commercial break and, uh, please, if you have any comments or questions that you want to ask Denise, um, please, uh, type it in and we'll definitely ask her live and, uh, we'll go into break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something. Something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences... Uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process and learning about life was also a process and a practice and that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by... Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She's given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before both on BetterHelp and in person through work. 
and Adam by far is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H E L P and join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional special offer for thrive Bite listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc T H E C H E F D O C. Thank you for listening guys. And back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. All right. Um, so for those of you that are joining us back, um, this is Thriving After Sexual Abuse here on the Thrive Bites podcast. I'm here with Denise uh, Bassart. Is that how you pronounce it? I keep getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to share some, um, you know, uh, some statistics, um, and you can probably definitely enlighten us on what you've uh, gathered over time. Uh, but this is just off of the CDC uh, website. Um, you know, some quick facts about sexual violence: more than one in uh, more than one in three women experience sexual violence involving physical contact during uh, their lifetime. Um, one in three female uh, rape victims experience it for the first time between 11 and 17 years old. Um, nearly one in four men um, experience sexual violence um, involving physical contact during their lifetime. And uh, believe it or not, about one in four male rape victims reported it that it occurred before the age of 10. And um, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, you know, there's a lot of things about sexual childhood, um, you know, trafficking, um, and then also global uh, 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 statistics, uh, one in three women globally experience uh, violence. um, And that's from the World Health Organization. So the next question uh, for you, Denise, um, is uh, what, what would you like to share to the general audience? Um, You know, I'm sure you've done your own uh, research with uh, with uh, sexual abuse, but, you know, what would you like to kind of impart, um, I guess from, you know, you know, we've talked a lot about your story. We've talked about your own personal anecdotal experience, but what are some things, uh, whether it's facts or statistics or figures that you would like to impart to the general audience that we may not know about, you know, um, involving with uh, sexual abuse? Yeah, I think that the statistics you presented are, are very powerful. They're heartbreaking, but they're powerful. You know, one in five children are sexually abused before they turn 18. So if you imagine getting on an elevator and you're one and there's four other people in the room, (laughs) you know, in that space, there's someone there that has been sexually abused. And what people may not realize is the the understanding of how victims will have long-term consequences for that, mental health consequences, um, more likely to develop drug abuse, more likely to experience PTSD, more likely to um, be depressed, have major depressive episodes. So it's not just the event that happened when you were a child in the immediacy of that event. These are things that if you don't heal from these events will continue to impact your life going forward. And it's um, mental health wise. It's also the statistics show that even in work, there's uh, lower performance, lower um, income over time. So, I mean, it impacts, impacts your entire life if you don't 
find a way to deal with it. And that's really what I want to let people know is one, you're not alone with whatever you've experienced. And I want people to think about how strong they are, that they've gotten through that experience. It may not have been easy. You may still feel totally overwhelmed by the experience and how it's impacting your life, but you made it through to this point. You have survived and you have that strength in you to turn around and say, I deserve to heal. I deserve something better. I deserve love and appreciation and respect. And I deserve joy and gratitude in my life. And as I described, you can turn that energy to healing and you can heal yourself, have self-compassion for yourself. And for me, it's really critical for people, if they can possibly do it, to find some professional help. We've learned so much about trauma and there's so many more resources with somatic therapy. There is trauma-informed yoga, trauma-informed meditation. There's so many things that are available online now, right? Especially with mm -hmm. COVID and everybody going digital. There are resources that you can tap into to get support. There are groups out there you can connect with to meet other people and get their support, get their understanding of things that you can do. You know, my book that I wrote, I wrote it as sort of a guide. So you get parts of my story, but then I describe the different things I did and how you might go about discovering what works for you. Because everyone's story is different. Everyone's experience is different. So I'm making some suggestions, showing how it worked for me, and then encouraging people to find their own way, find their own path, and, and encouraging them to continue to work. Because we all deserve that, right? We all deserve to be sure. happy, have a great life, and we don't have to be defined by our past. We can mm -hmm. define our future. Definitely, definitely. Uh, very, very well said. So <laughs> let's talk more um, about, uh, because you, you express yourself in many different ways. I, um, if I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're a photographer, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you just self-published this book. What was the motivation? Obviously, you know, it, it, it can be very apparent and very obvious, but what was the motivation to do it um, in this way, you know, for you mm -hmm. to write, for you to, you know, actually, you know, publish a book? Because, um, you know, having, you know, I, you know, self-published a book myself and it, it takes a lot, you know, it mm -hmm. takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of, you know, so what was it for you that I guess kept you going, you know, through the process to create something um, to like, let others know? Yeah. I mean, it, for a long time, I, I was told by my husband that he wanted me to share my story. So, um, you know, he encouraged me to do it, but it's not something that I could actually have the strength to do at the time. And part of it was I don't have a cohesive story. I don't have a story of here's, you know, a memoir where it started and then it progressed on through different stages like some people could do. And for a long time, I didn't do anything with that. And I wrote poetry that was a way to be releasing a lot of the emotions that I was having. And, and the poetry was sort of a, a journaling that got me from the initial abuse up through where I was healing. But it really was kind of on the back burner because I thought, oh, there and there's no way to really describe it to people in a way that would really be helpful. And then I heard this about Larry Nessar and the abuse of the gymnast. And it just struck a chord in my heart that. There are people out there who need to heal and like these gymnasts. And I may not have a memoir in me, but I have a healing journey that I can share to write a book I wish I had and to really make it available for people to help them have a, a blueprint that they could use 
to start learning about it. And it was really just realizing with the Me Too movement and the, and the Larry Nessar story that there was a need for people to be able to have a resource that could help guide them because that was the hardest part is like, where do you start? How do, mm. how do I start dealing with this thing that seems so overwhelming? And so that's what I really wanted to do is, you know, my book is set up where you learn a little bit about my story and then I, I walk you through. How do you step-by-step step get connected with a yoga studio or a yoga teacher? How do you find these things? Where do you go? I've got resources. I've got what I call my healing journey library where I, I recommend books because I did a lot of reading. So I'm trying to share not just my story, but be an inspiration and kind of um, structure it so you can kind of follow along and get started and then continue whatever works for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it, in a way, it's almost like you, it's not just the experience, but you're also helping to kind of cut out uh, shortcut it in a way, you yeah. know, um, you know, so, you know, people are not uh, trying to finagle and trying to, you know, uh, stumble you know, along. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like, you know, you're saying how, um, you know, when you started, um, you know, you were doing this and you're doing that and, you know, and how like, I wish I had, you know, this book that I wrote. Um, so it, it's, it's a perfect setup. Um, and we'll definitely include the links for, you know, the facts, the figures, um, and, uh, you know, the, your, your, your book, um, in the show notes, um, in a moment, um, after the show. Um, yeah, so uh, I definitely want to close out, um, you know, thank you so much. And my, my question to you would be, what are the top three things, you know, given everything we've talked about, you know, what are the top three things you would like the audience to impart with? Um, it could be from your healing journey. It could be, you know, just objectively just uh, informing people about uh, more about, uh, you know, sexual abuse that we don't already know um, so far. Um, you know, what are the top three things you would like to kind of uh, the audience to take away with? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say one, I kind of touched on this before, but one, believe in yourself, believe that you deserve to have a change in your life and to move from surviving to thriving that everyone deserves that chance. It's going to be hard work. It's going to take a lot of effort, but it's going to be so worth it because you're working to make your life better for yourself. And I would also say, be really self-compassionate along the way. Healing is not get on the Audubon and drive to 200 miles an hour to healing destination, right? It, it's kind of a, a spiral of events. And so it, as you're trying to make progress, as you're trying to change, don't get down on yourself as sometimes you don't go as far as fast as you think you should be real compassionate, be real gentle, get the support in place that you need to help you on the journey. You know, therapists are a wonderful resource to help you and guide you through and then find what works for you. That to me is really important. What is it that brings you joy? What is it that you find that is healing to your emotions, to your body, to your, your brain, to your mind, to your spirit? Find those things that are that for you and get more of those, you know, immerse yourself in those, really learn how to engage with those activities to support yourself. So those would be the things that I would recommend. Okay. Well, I love it. I love it. And uh, for those that are actually watching, I've included a national sexual assault hotline um, created by the RAIN organization. Um, and for those that are listening, it's one 800 6 Five six uh, hope H O P E one eight hundred six five six hope H O P E. Um, it's free. It's twenty four seven. You know we have a lot of resources, um, including uh, 
um, the wonderful and fabulous Denise here um, with her fabulous book and being able to dispense, you know, her journey to impart for our audience. And so if you know anyone that may or may not, you know, be a victim of sexual abuse, definitely uh, reach out and connect. And, um, you know, um, if they are, you know, we got to start that healing journey. So Denise, thank you so much for um, being here with us. And, um, you know, I really, you know, greatly appreciate it. And please continue doing uh, what you're doing. So um, if people want to reach out to you or find you, um, where can they go? Yeah, the best place is probably to start with my website, thrivingaftersexualabusebook.com. And from there, it's got all the links to all the different social media. It's got information about my book, um, the different podcasts I've been on. There's The book has won awards, so you can learn all about the, the praise for the book. And my final point would be that this isn't a book just for survivors. It actually is a great resource for partners and families of survivors, for therapists, for their clients. So just because you're not a survivor yourself, you may know someone that could benefit. So keep that in mind. Definitely, definitely. So I think we can all stand to benefit from understanding each other's um, traumatic and hopefully eventual healing journey. So there's always something to learn. So again, Denise, thank you so much for being here. Uh, guys, uh, thank you so much for watching another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. You can catch uh, us every uh, week. And uh, please uh, say goodbye to Miss Denise. <laughs> Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.